Hello, everyone. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office. Joining me today is Ed Kahn from the Theater Department. We, we talked last year, um, uh, I, I guess last fall, uh, probably before WIT uh, was when we talked. Is that right? Does that sound right? Or was it before? No, it wasn't that. It was before that. Anne it wasn't, Green Gables. It was after WIT and before them, yes. Anne of Green Gables. That's right. right. I remember now. The pandemic has wiped so many things out of my mind. <laughs> and, uh, and so now... Uh, having completed the tragedy of for the fall, Antigone, the theater department is doing The Birds, which Ed is directing. And so we're going from tragedy to comedy, yep. uh, but still in Greece, still in ancient Greece. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and so uh, I, and since I love Greek, Greek uh, theater, it's just been a delight for me. Actually, I remember Medea was one of the first shows you did here, actually. Yes. It was very early, very early on when you yep. came to Messiah, which has always been... Uh, um, I don't know if favorite's the right thing to say about such a gruesome play, but at any rate, it's, <laughs> yeah, it starts it's one, on I, a, one I have lived with quite a bit. It starts on years. a down note and goes down from there. <laughs> That's right. It does. It does. <laughs> so, but Aristophanes, of course, is just pure farcical fun always, yes. if, as I remember them. So, um, uh, so t tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the birds. How, what's your approach to this uh, show? Are you bringing it into the contemporary world? Or are you leaving it in Greece? Or how are you approaching it? Well, uh, first, it's, um, it's about two Athenians who decide mm -hmm. that they're fed up with Athens and they want to go and live with the birds. Uh, and they convince the birds that the birds should actually be the gods and that the birds should build a wall between uh, the earth and the gods so that all sacrifices need to not only go to the gods, but you have to sacrifice to the birds as well. Um, and then, of course, as they, they build their city, uh, they find that all of the problems that follow them in Athens follow them here as well. Uh, so it's, it's Aristophanes' most uh, fantastical play, and it lends itself to uh, quite a treatment in the sense that you don't know where and when it is, uh, because the images, particularly regarding the characters, are iconic images from across periods uh, that would not necessarily be together at the same place in the same time, but that's okay because Cloud Cuckoo Land doesn't really exist. <laughs> and that's the fun approach we're taking to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's very farcical. The actors are exhausted at the end because it's very high energy, very fast paced. If you don't pay attention, you might miss something, um, but uh, it's a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to look at as well, very colorful. Uh, so if I look at it as if Aristophanes had written it today, he might, he might have this view of it, even though some of the names, of course, are still uh, Greek names. One of the issues with it uh, regarding translation is Aristophanes was very good at listing people and naming people that his Greek audience would have known who he was mocking, but we don't have that. So we've tried to, we've tried to remove as much of that as possible and in some cases change the names to names that our audiences will, uh, will understand and so get something out of. you've updated them to contemporary people, in other words? Uh, in, some, no. in some cases, yeah. not in all cases. Some Public cases, people that are known. Yes, yeah. in some cases we, we kept, the, we kept uh, ancient Greek persons mm -hmm. that would be known due to myth mythology and so on. Right, right. Of course, we would all know who Zeus is, for instance. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we might not know who Alcibiades is or something right, like yeah. that. Yeah. Climenides. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Unless you happen to have read, read a lot of Greek, uh, Greek uh, writing right. from, that, from that time period. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. And retained it. <laughs> yeah. So, so is it... Um, see, I, I, think of, I think of Greek plays as being somewhat statuesque and, uh, and 
and the um, so much of the content of the drama drama is verbal. It's in the words and in the in the delivery of the words and 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 so forth. What you just described sounds almost like physical comedy. Is yeah, that well, how you're staging it? Uh, a lot of it is, yeah. Um, and that would that would have been true to some extent, uh, relatively speaking, for the original. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it is farce, and for today, farce for us is going to be somewhat physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does tend to be very, very physical. A lot yeah. of the characters are, uh, some of them inspired by John Cleese's The Minister of Silly Walks, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> Um, okay. the, the actors playing birds themselves, very physical the way they're approaching that. Well, that, and that probably would have been that way in the original, right. because that's such an obvious thing. I always think of, I guess it's not this play, but I always remember there's a, there's a place where sheep are, are bang, you know, in, in one of his, one of Aristophanes, <laughs> which he writes, you know, it's a different alphabet, of course, and it, it's, it's, it always looks funny. It's more like B, I don't know, the way he spells it instead of bath. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm sure I mean, I've read this play, but it was so long ago that I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of the details. So it, it's great to hear that um, uh, brief synopsis you gave yeah. you gave there. And uh, but that's interesting that um, that you would make it I, probably more physical than it would have been in the original. Yes. Yeah. 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 And again, because some of the names and places are not going to be known to our audience. So in other words, things that would have been funny originally uh, to the to the Athenians because of because they were it's 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 an inside joke to some extent you have right. to live in Athens to know at that time to know what's going on right but it would be lost on our mm-hmm. audiences mm-hmm. so some of that's been removed or altered but then we've also added then more visual and physical farcical mm-hmm. humor as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well what do you um, what is your what is the outcome what is the what's the your overall view of what you're trying to express through the play um, I would say, well, first of all, we want this to be fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after after Antigone, make... that's <laughs> priority one, <laughs> is make this one fun, fun to look at, fun to watch. We've had enough misery, time to have fun, y- right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, and it is 2020 after all. <laughs> um, but it does really take a look at um, the idea, this is known as one of uh, uh, Aristophanes' utopian plays, uh, the pursuit of utopia and what a failed pursuit that can be. Uh, and so there's that element there is very, very strong in, the, in this piece. And, st- and that still is retained, um, even though it ends uh, uh, happily um, for, for depending on who you're hanging your hat, which character you're hanging your hat on. Um, it does not come without its problems. Mm-hmm. Um, that utopia may not really exist entirely, um, but things don't have to be so bad. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I, when you were describing it the first time, for some reason, my mind went to Gulliver's Travels. Oh. And so I don't know if satire, that kind of satire of, like, like Aristophanes is using this to satire Athens. Yes. In the similar way that Swift used those travels to satire the, the U- United Kingdom as it was at, at, at his time, or just in European society as a whole, I guess. Too. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And for, yeah, for, for Aristophanes, for his audience, it would have been satirical. Uh, but again, a lot of that would be lost on our audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the, the themes of that, the, the utopian themes of the pursuit of utopia is still retained. Well, the, the, the sort of um, the satire of the problems are there. We see the problems. And when we try to go somewhere else and start over and get rid of the problems, lo and behold, there they still are. I mean, yes. that's universal human experience, right. isn't it? Yep. And I talk with the cast and even some of my classes that have not yet seen the show that there is, I, I've seen this in, um, in Christian writings too, there, we have a tendency to think things will be good for me when this happens. Uh, things will be great when I graduate college. 
and then things will be great when I get my job, and then things will be great when I move out of my parents' house, and so there's always something down the road. We're it, we have a tendency to not be satisfied where we are. Uh, we're always looking for that change in some cases, um, and lo and behold, those same, as you say, the same problems are, are there. I, my my classic example of that always is the three sisters, the Chekhov play, mm -hmm, because yeah. they're always, well, when we get to Moscow, yeah. everything's going to be good when we just get to Moscow, you know, <laughs> that's going to solve everything. And that's why I think, you know, I think it was Pascal who said something like, if, you know, the secret of happiness is being able to go sit in a room by yourself and be content. And be content, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. If you can just do that, yep. then... <laughs> you, you can escape all the things that are going on around you. So, uh, and boy, if there was ever a time, this is the year uh, where you need that kind of inner contentment. Yes, uh, because our our normal lives are gone. I mean, what we what we experience, what we thought of as normal, who knows if uh, what will come after? It'll be something else afterwards. It always is after these kind of yeah. It'll never periods. be what it was before, and we'll have to learn to live with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll not be the extreme that we're living with now. Um, what's your sense? I, you know, I did a podcast. My last podcast was with Tim Dixon um, before the orchestra concert. And one of the things that surprised me a bit as he talked with colleagues was that, um, uh, that we're in a minority uh, as, as a school that's actually having orchestra concerts. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's your sense, too, with, with theater programs, that a lot of theater programs are, in universities are shut down during the pandemic. Is that your sense? Or yes. Well, even I, I think a lot of them are taking their lead from Broadway, sure, which is dark, of course, mm -hmm. and so uh, that puts I feel that puts us on the forefront of our in industry right now. Yeah, um, but some of them are just taking their their lead from Broadway and, and going that direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we this is also we're making this free because if ever the world needed free art, this is I think a time for it. And I also think, and I, I've talked about this with our our seniors in our senior capstone course that this is not the way they wanted to, their senior year to be. But on the other hand, they're learning to do art in this climate and who knows what it's gonna be like when they leave here. We could still be in this climate and they'll be glad they got the experience to do art in this climate where other people are maybe not getting that experience. That's right, that's right, that's right. <clears throat> uh, we were, uh, well in fact, uh, music was talking about their audition process um, just uh, Bill Stoma just sent out an email about that today to the faculty saying this is how we're going to do it this year. And and um, that was one of the things, one of the faculty members responded, you know, that being able to do virtual auditions, mm -hmm. enhancing those skills is actually right right now. And I, and I think a lot of young people know how to do these things anyway, but learning how to do them better right. is probably a very important skill for yeah. a, a musician or any artist, you know, we're going to be living in a virtual world. And I think it's gonna become more and more virtual, especially as we get augmented and mixed reality, those become more part of our everyday world. Uh, I mean, it's not hard to imagine, um, you know, theater that isn't, isn't streaming TV shows. It's, it's people in your living room, movie that look like real people in your room, you know, right, yeah. acting yep. out a story for you yeah. and, and things. And then, and, and theater, uh, you know, um, theater artists are going to have to work with that as well as working. With, I, I, I don't think people are ever going to not want to be in the same room with a real person. They're going to want something that's real, you know, as we, but there's, I think we're going to have to live in both of these worlds moving forward. And it's just, uh, um, this this pandemic has certainly pulled people that didn't want to go there into that 
virtual world, you know, right. uh, more quickly than they would have otherwise, probably. But I agree that ultimately people are going to want to be live audiences. Yes. Again. It's theater and music are different than, for example, the visual arts where you have a relationship with the, with the art, mm -hmm. with the musician and with the actor. I can't have a relationship with Michelangelo's sculpture, David, which is not to say I can't get anything from it, but it can't <laughs> respond to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> and even, even that, uh, I've seen a lot of images of Michelangelo's David, right? You know, over the years, but I've never seen Michelangelo's David. Right. <laughs> I've never stood in front of the real yeah. sculpture. Right. Because it's a spatial art form, you have to share yeah. space with it. As or, or to even temple. one of the copies of it that are around. You know, <laughs> I, the, the, I mean, the life-size copy. I think there's a copy in Florence now, and the real one's in a museum somewhere. But. Um, uh, but I have seen a Michelangelo sculpture because I was in the Vatican once and I saw uh, the Pietà, you know, and uh, that totally different experience from uh, from the pictures I had seen of it, of course. Wow. And, and and that's how it is with art. You know, it's it's even with visual art, it's a different thing to see it, see mm -hmm. a, a picture of it on your phone or on your computer screen or on uh, wherever, or even a reproduction you hang on your wall is different from seeing the actual thing. Right, because... That's not the way it was meant to be delivered. Right, right. And really, right now, with the birds, it wasn't originally meant to be delivered live stream, but we are, we're creating it with the intent of delivering it live stream, so we're sort of in both worlds there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I love the fact that, that theater has, um, you know, is staging for the camera, but still performing live. I think that's, uh, you know, that just, that really makes such a difference, because even if you're watching... Um, watching on a screen instead of in the in the theater uh the live performance i mean i think it's one of the reasons sports is so popular right mm. the live performance gives you that that sense that it's it's happening right now it's you know and and something could go wrong you know i mean right. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's there's an element of risk there and so forth right. that makes it holds your interest i think in a different way yeah I know a lot of people, you know, still miss the 1950s TV, which was so often live, <laughs> the dramas that were live in those days. And uh, you hear people talking nostalgically about that. Uh, I'm old enough to have lived in the 50s, but I don't quite remember those TV shows. But uh, <laughs> Well, there's also a shared experience in that, too. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that uh, communal experience that we were all watching at the same time. Even, even when, I, when I was young in the 70s, even though TV wasn't live, you weren't recording it. So if you were watching Happy Days, you knew that all the other people who were watching Happy Days were watching at the same time as you. And there was that shared, that communal experience there uh, as well. Yeah, television was very different in, in those days. Well, that's, that's just really interesting. So what did you find? Um, uh, how, how was it different directing when knowing that you're, 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 you're directing for the camera and not for an audience? Uh, how, how was that? It was interesting because you can do things that you wouldn't do uh, for with a live audience there. I can have actors with their back to the camera because my focus is on somebody else at the time. Um, now for the actors, it's a little bit more challenging because they have to know where to open out when they need to open out to a camera. Uh, but for me, it, it gives me more flexibility in terms of, uh, of the staging because it only, has to look, it only has to look appropriate for one camera uh, out of three. Uh, so as long as I can go from one camera to another. Whereas so in other words, there's a certain camera angle that you're using right now, which might be 10 people in the audience. Right. If you were staging it for the audience, the audience is all around. Right. And uh, you have to make it look good to all of them, regardless of whether they're on the right or the left or the center or the back or upstairs or whatever it exactly. is, whatever you have in the theater. But in this way, there's just one camera that you're worrying about. 
So even though it's not a film where you have cameras moving in on the stage in all kinds of mm -hmm. angles, it's not that, but you do have some flexibility in how you stage it because you're only staging it for one focal point. Am I understanding that? At right? a time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is different than film too because, no, I can't move cameras into the space because then other cameras are going to catch them. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, yeah, we've got like the select audience seating mm -hmm. uh, where it can look good from here or it can look good from here, it can look good from here. When I direct in Miller Theater, at some point the students start to notice me running around the theater a lot, running down to the... The, to the seat that is furthest down house right and the mm -hmm. seat that's furthest down house left and the ones that are way up top and so on and moving around because we have to make sure it looks it, it looks appropriate from everywhere. Looks good wherever you're sitting. But that's not sitting. the case now. How many, how many cameras are you using for the live stream? Three. You're using three, okay. Right. So you are able to mix uh, um, different different shots or mm -hmm. you, can, you move quickly from one to the other anyways. So right. someone... You, you, don't want to, you don't want to switch too quickly. Yeah. Uh, oh, too often, I should say. Uh, you want to be able to linger f on one camera for long enough. Mm -hmm. so You're not using really anything like superimposing different different pictures or anything no. like that. No. Mm -hmm. I know and we have two cam. We have one fixed camera and two operated cameras. Okay, are these uh, theater folks? Or are you bringing in people from other parts of the university to do th the cameras or the student? Uh, uh, controlling the mixer is one of our ASMs, but it's not a theater major. Uh -huh. um, one of our theater majors is manning one of the cameras, and a student, a film major from my acting one class, is manning the other camera. So there are people that are connected with the theater mm -hmm. program. And what we're doing a little bit differently is we're using uh, two DSLRs because the show's so colorful. Those are those are picking up the colors. Mm -hmm. of the costumes in this set much And is better. this a type of camera? Is yes. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. So One's my own, and actually uh, the other belongs to the film student in my, in my acting one class, and she's right. volunteered to use her own camera. So we did not use these cameras for Antigone then? No. So these cameras, will. we are using one of the cameras that we use in Antigone because right. we don't have another D DSLR. <laughs> Um, but these two cameras will capture much more of the color of the costumes in the set. It'll be more vivid, basically, yes. right? Yes. Is it a difference in definition or just uh, the way they pick up color? How how is it different from the other cameras? I don't know enough about the. the I don't technology. know enough about our ca cameras. Yeah. I know my camera, mm -hmm. but I've only had it about a year. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know anything about the cameras that that were used. For what they what they used before, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing it. So. So uh, is the color, obviously birds, you know, what, what's more colorful than, than a bird, right? right? So that, I, I, I'm, I'll just wait and see what those costumes look like. I know that'll be a lot of fun. Is, does the color extend through the rest of the cast, or is it just the birds? Or? Well, even the birds, they, they, they have, this, uh, they have this, these human elements to them as well. Sure. Um, but they've got their feathers and their colors and so on. And, um, yes, other, other characters in the cast, with the exception of, uh, one character, uh, a priest. Uh, other costumes are also very, very colorful. So you just kept that as a theme through the whole yes. through the whole thing. Yes. Um, I suppose you should have had everybody looking really drab while they were in Athens, and then suddenly colorful when they went to the. Not <laughs> well, we never see utopian. Athens actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just an aside. Anyway. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing the birds. Uh, uh, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be great fun, and it's it is good. I think that um, that you saved the fun part for or, or the, <laughs> the, the comic and farcical part for for later in the semester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we as we all look at, uh, but but 
how grateful we are, though, that we've made it to this point in the semester and we're still on campus and, the, and, uh, and our students are in, for the most part, seem to be staying very healthy. Yeah, so. I have to say I'm, I'm shocked because um, I thought, and I, and I was honest about this, I thought, and I said to students, you know, whether or not we stay open is entirely based on you. It's mm -hmm. not based on me or anyone else. It's entirely based on you that if there are cases, it doesn't turn into a breakout. And I'm just so impressed that uh, we haven't gotten to that point because, of course, we've seen that across the it's country. So many, so many schools, and it's so easy for it, you know, for it to happen. The, the, the virus is so easy to transmit, and um, so we can be very grateful that we've we've stayed. Uh, it made it made it this far, right? And uh, and of course the show opens. We're recording this on Wednesday, so the show opens tomorrow night. So I think you're going to actually get to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're things I think have we're to good. go wrong really we'll quickly. Shut down. <laughs> this, these things happen quickly, as we saw last spring, but I don't think it'll happen that quickly. So I, yeah, um, I don't think so. I'm very <laughs> optimistic now. But when we started, I still was wondering if we were ever really going to right. have it. Right. Right. And and what could I do if if the campus did? Mm -hmm. uh, close down what would I then do right right and and I you know at least with this there there are some things you can do because we don't have the copyright and I know theaters have re, re, um, not released but at least relaxed I guess is the word I'm looking for relaxed the copyright restrictions performance right. rights restrictions to some extent just because like you say Broadway is dark and so you know most most theaters are shut down and so I know it's but still uh, I know, you know, as it is in heaven, there was just no way that uh, that we could right. release that on the internet. Whereas this, we obviously are. So, well, and actually, the version that I'm doing mm -hmm. was not my first choice. Uh, my first choice was uh, uh, an adaptation by Walter Kerr, mm -hmm. and I had contacted Dramatic Publishing about getting the live streaming rights. They said, you know, they had some plays where they already had live streaming rights. If you wanted live streaming rights, you could let them know. But then they, of course, they don't have that relationship with the author, so they had to do that. But Walter Kerr has, of course, passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they did contact his estate, and over time, they, they just never got a resp response. And so I had to move on to a different... So uh, use a different translation where yeah. there were no, no strings attached, so right. to speak. Yeah. Right. I can't, say, I can't say where it came from, because oddly enough, this translation, what's written into it is as long as you don't identify... Us being attached to it in any way, you can do anything you want. But the moment you mention us, then you have these restrictions. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Huh. <laughs> I can see why they would do that. Yeah. They wanted wide dispersal of it, but without their name attached. Yeah. yeah. And, but once yeah. their name's attached, they need to, need to protect the integrity of what Exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, anyway, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, Thank uh, you. I know it's going to be going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I was asking you earlier, you know, what else are you doing this semester? And you're doing theater for social change. And I don't think this quite was on my radar that this this will be another performance, perhaps not live streamed, but another performance that will be streamed at some point. Right. And uh, in theater for social change, of course, you research a topic and then I believe the students devise or, or, or write. I yeah, they sure. choose the topic. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a process that we go through uh, where they bring in proposals and they go through a, vo a voting process, and mm -hmm. we narrow it down until eventually what gets chosen uh, it actually has received the vote of a true majority, so mm -hmm. it's not four out of you know 10 people. Uh, it's not a plurality, true. it's a real majority. That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go off and they do research, for the research on the topic, and I take them through exercises that are designed to take what they already have and turn it into, d different approaches to turning it into material. 
then right now they've they've created some they've they've created the beginnings of some pieces, mm-hmm. and right now they're in the process of doing their facilitator assignments where they work in pairs and they come in and they can either start something new or they can take something they, that's already been started and do some exercises to help develop it mm-hmm. with the class. So that's the that's the stage they're in now. So it and, is kind of a, a devising it, process. Yeah, that's exactly it? what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, then they'll make some choices about what actually gets in the show and what doesn't, and mm-hmm. then they'll polish it and, and we'll... And of uh, course, the, it, the topic you chose is very, or the students chose, is very timely, yes. which is... Um, uh, police encounters with uh, people suffering from mental health mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, of course, it's timely because just two, day, two days ago, I believe. It's this week. I mean, it was very yeah. recent, yeah. Uh, the shooting in Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, of a man with a knife and mm-hmm. who... My understanding uh, does suffer from mental health. There have been other instances as well, mm-hmm. and so it's we can we can see that it's complicated, uh, but it's also relevant. And a lot of the statistics bear that out too. How relevant this is, uh, the high statistics of how many police shootings involve people suffering from mental health, uh, how many uh, how many of those shootings result in death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very very striking statistics. And of course that topic came from. Uh, one or more of the students in the class that they felt. And yeah. what, uh, it's always the, the way with theater social change is it's not enough just to highlight the problems because that, that doesn't Anybody provoke do any that. social sure. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the typical structure of a theater social change piece is you start by uh, demonstrating the need mm-hmm. uh, for solutions, but you always want to be able to find those solutions that can be out there. And fortunately, that we are finding those mm-hmm. uh, so that you can people can leave with that knowledge instead of just here's the problem and, right. and they just leave <laughs> and you say well hope you feel edified <laughs> <laughs> and then again it's it's not just uh, it's not just the students sitting around saying well we ought to do this it's this is right. real this is something that's very carefully researched and and uh, reading uh, people who are uh, experts in the area and deeply deeply involved in the in the process already right? and that there are police departments around the country that have solutions and are, and are finding them to be effective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there are places where there's they're not they don't have solutions yet right and where so, those solutions haven't been applied and so yeah. trying to make them better known right well I you know so here's two plays to look forward to uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know with uh, hopefully we will we, we will continue to do well here and and uh, be able to finish out the semester and right. uh, <laughs> it's only like four weeks three and a half weeks something like that left so it's not a lot of time right and uh, but you haven't started filming or or is this the play even quite finished that you're for social change is uh, it, oh no they're still devising they're still devising right. at this point so yep. um, when do you expect to start filming for that? Uh, we will probably, well, if we live stream, it'll be just before we leave for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the Tuesday So you night. might still, you might live stream it. You just haven't decided yet what right. you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if, if we film it, uh, it'll be after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So it'll be available after Thanksgiving. Oh, it'll be available. Right. But, you'll, but you'll be filming right. in those last few days, exactly. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these aren't very long pieces. They're usually around 20, 25 minutes. Okay. little pocket plays. You know, in a way, all three. So Antigone, of course, addressed the Black Lives Matter matter very directly. Mm -hmm. And this, this, um, the relationship between the state and the populace and justice and people on the inside and people on the outside. And uh, the the clouds kind of addresses the same, same ideas in this farcical way, because by... The birds. 
No, sorry, the birds. He, I, I'm, he, he did the write wrong, the clouds as well. I was going to say, I got the wrong, <laughs> got the wrong Aristophanes. Anyway, the birds uh, with this uh, is kind of addressing the same thing, isn't it? Because um, by looking at the state yeah. and, uh, and, and the fact that it's never going to be perfect, but we try to work and have as much justice as is humanly possible and so yeah. forth. And then, and then looking at another, another element. So this is quite, a, quite an impressive fall here. As we make our way through the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the fact that we're doing anything at all to me amazes me. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for your good work with all of that. And, uh, and thanks for being part of this podcast today. Thank it's you. good to have you here. Thank you. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office.